You know what I'm saying? Like right, it's cr- right. it's really Everything crazy to think about recorded. that. Yeah, I was I was telling someone the other day like it's really funny because like our great 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 grandparents said stuff they want no one to know about, and no one ever will. We don't <laughs> we don't live in that world now, right? Like our I mean the way that social media, and Facebook and Twitter and all that like our thoughts are being recorded. Well, even just like oh my gosh, I can't believe that <coughs> picture. Get that picture down, and it was gone. Mm-hmm. Like let let me tear it up. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Little and the thing is, like, oh, like, I delete bad pictures. They're not no, gone. they're not gone. They're, Nothing's I'm gone. I'm sorry. They are well, not gone. Well, it's funny because my Are life motto has been, if you did it, admit it. And it's good I lived yeah. in this time, I guess. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening in. Um, we are here with Jenna Clack of Clack Co. This was, you're going to want to listen to this. Such an interesting conversation. Goes all over the place. But um, we dove into some some pretty interesting, some um, regenerative medicine. Some, we... A little bit of politics, nothing crazy, but um, check it out. <coughs> Sweet. So, tell us who you are, what you do, and uh, we'll just go from there. Okay, so my name is Jenna W. Clack, and I am a doctor of pharmacy and also a regenerative medicine consultant. Um, I started as a compounding pharmacist, so formulation science and individualizing dosage forms for patients. Problem solving. I am mm-hmm. a problem solver. Um, and I got into regenerative medicine, or what most people would say, like integrative or functional thought, uh, about four years ago when I realized that what I was doing for myself and my family was a little bit different than what I was doing in my pharmacy career. And I started to feel a lot of guilt and pressure because I knew, you know, knowing molecular structures and just the truth of how things interact, that I could be doing better by taking a more regenerative and supportive approach to the body instead of what, you know, traditional and what, you know, it's traditional, although it's only been around for the past, you know, 40 to 50 years. That's what we know mm-hmm. um, as manufactured drugs. And, you know, there's a place for that. But what I do is kind of the other side of it is we individualize dosage forms to support the body. And really everything that we do at the store that surrounds that is around that main mission and allowing patients to make that choice for themselves and be educated and understand what they're doing and why they're doing it. Because, you know, the program that works is the one that the patient, you know, has chosen for themselves. They know their body better than anyone else. So we really need to take a team approach. But so I, I'll get into a long yeah, <laughs> narrative, no. but I mean, that's, it's really core to who I am. I started when I was really young. I started wanting to go into a completely different field, um, broadcast journalism and fashion design, and started working at a pharmacy and saw lives changed, I mean, quite honestly. Mm-hmm. So started working with bioidentical hormone therapies, nutritional therapies, and um, really individualizing things for the person. I think that's the most important thing. We're always looking for a one-stop shop to say, hey, this will work for everyone. But we know that doesn't work. Yeah. So um, I basically took all of my um, knowledge from you know experience working there for so long, um, my doctorate in pharmacy, and then um, when followed through with a fellowship in nutritional and metabolic medicine um, to really drive home the knowledge I needed to be able to help my patients. But that's really my entire life. <laughs> I apply this to my family, and that's really what drove it out into a business because I would go home every night after working at the pharmacy and be utilizing all of these great thought processes and philosophies on my family and how to take care of them and make sure that we are having a great quality of life. Um, and then I'd go to the pharmacy and have to dispense things that I didn't really think were conducive to that. So we had to figure out a way. And people were asking me, what can I do? How can you help? And I was kind of stuck between these eight to fives. So that's me. That's what hmm. I do. <laughs> that's really interesting. So let's, I'll back up a little bit. Can you give me an example of this? That's, mm, what's the best way to put this? <clears throat> For the everyday listener, can you explain something like that would make that a little more clear to people? I think I understand what you're saying, but it's a lot. Yeah, I mean, it is really a lot, and this is what drives me nuts about people who think they can understand the mm-hmm. whole hormone endocrinology metabolic system in three days. Um, it's a lot, and and I don't expect everyone to understand all of it, but I do expect you to understand kind of an example. So, what got me into it really was menopause. Uh-huh. Um, I was working in a laboratory making bioidentical hormones in San Antonio. Um, 
just blessed beyond belief to have been working in that pharmacy. Um, and what I would see is two sides of things because I had, it's a traditional pharmacy as well. So you have the nutritional and metabolic center, and then you have the you know traditional dispensing. And we did a lot of great things there for people and, and they provided a lot of service to the community, but it allowed me to see kind of conflicting viewpoints. And I would see women getting treated traditionally for menopause, and then I would see women coming to our center. And that's what I saw most because I was really in charge of making a lot of those bioidentical hormone creams and capsules. And what I found really interesting about it is everything I made was directly for one person. So the, the woman would go in and have a consult with a pharmacist, crying, upset, about to lose her husband, you know, just at the end of her wits because she's feeling crazy. This is why women were, you know, committed to mental asylums. So just feeling like she's completely out of herself and has no control and you know these hormones that we can't see we don't know what's going on she's going diagnosis pills 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 traditional route man and, I can't imagine that when we didn't understand yeah, it oh my gosh holy crap yeah right <laughs> and it, I mean it still happens to some degree now which I find that well it happened to me like I felt like I was going crazy when um, I knew I had other issues that could be causing some of the symptoms, but I'm like, but those things are under control. Why do I feel <coughs> like so out of my mind? Why am I so depressed that I can't get up? Why do I feel crazy? I mean, you really, you feel crazy. So when other people think you're crazy, you're like, well, maybe they're right. right? Yeah. So uh, like, this is interesting. We were literally talking, I was literally talking about this last night. We were talking about something different, but it's the same kind of situation is a misunderstanding of the science that's actually happening. Right. Which then leads to confusion on what, like, with what you do. Um, we were talking about vaccines specifically because mm -hmm. that's a whole issue that's going on. And it's like people aren't really sure how they work. And so they blame stuff on things, okay. you know, without without some, you know, without real tangible knowledge. The same thing can happen. I can see the same thing for hormones for sure because they teach that stuff in science. Oh my goodness! But I was even looking over some. Of, I was even looking some over some of my pharmacy notes, and they really do. About 30, 40 years ago, started simplifying, quote unquote, yeah. simplifying things. And the thing is, those aren't the same molecules. Yeah. So, making it easier does not make it more true. In fact, it's usually the opposite, and that's uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's really uncomfortable get, to say we're going to have to figure it out. When things get watered down to the point that they they're not true anymore. Is that oh, what you're saying? Oh my goodness, yes. Yeah. I, I mean, and I even, I've had this with practitioners who are intelligent people, and it just, it's in the books that progesterone is progestin, and that is not true. Yeah. And it's harmful, and it's hurting women every day. And so those are the little things that I deal with that I cannot address on the large enough scale <laughs> that, I, that I need to at this point. But what I can do is individually, I can help someone who feels like they're going crazy. And I can say, you know what? No, you're not. We have a very... We have an easy test here. Take this really easy test, spit in these tubes. We're going to, you know, assess this. I'm going to get with your practitioner. We want to work together and form a complete team. Yeah. And so that's what we did at this place. I saw this happen, and that's really what changed everything. So a woman can come in, you know, completely at breaking point, and two weeks later, we have a plan, and a month later, it's a new world. Yeah. And three months later, she can't believe that she was ever there. And everything's changed. And I watched that happen at 18 and 19. And honestly, I changed my major from, and I mean, broadcast journalism and fashion design was pretty fun. And this got real serious, but it got real, real because I believe that everyone's purpose in life is to seek truth and spread light, right? So if I wasn't seeking truth and spreading light when I knew that I could right there, and that's what I've been doing ever since. I mean, that's, I am hoping that that's what I can do for people. But the, the second part of that part, you know, what, what value does this have? The compounding, anything that your doctor can write, any drug combination. Think about when you have a lisinopril or an atorvastatin or some type of manufactured drug. That's made mass, right, for everyone at the exact same dose with the exact same fillers and we're going to make this study and everyone's going to take the same thing, which, like I say, has its place. But as far as hormones, there's no way you can individualize that therapy on a mass scale. Mass scale. They tried and looked how bad, how bad it failed and yeah. continues to fail. So what we can do is incrementally, milligram per milligram, each hormone, um, make that specifically for you. And we can put it in a delivery form that 
bypasses a lot of the bodily systems that can make that drug harmful. So, you know, taking everything orally is not the right way. And on a side note, you know, if you've got a kid that has a cardiac medicine that needs to be non-dyed because they have an allergy and it has to be specifically dosed because of their weight, that's us. If you have a dog that has severe anxiety and can't take an anxiety pill because they throw it up every single time, you can give it transdermally, that's us. Anything that you can think you need a medication or a supplementation specifically made for you, that's us. And I just think, why, why would we do it any other way if we can? You know, that's just me, but that's all I do. Money. So. Money. Cookie oh. cutter stuff's easier to make. And what's crazy is when you look at the insurance pay-in and manufactured drug backdoor system, yeah. oh my gosh, what you're paying, let's just do it right. Yep. But it, but that's easy to say and hard to fix, so that's yep. a whole nother day, but, but that's what we do. Yeah, that's, man, that's really interesting. Um, so you talked a little, this is, <laughs> tell me about guys. Guys? Oh, you know what? Because I know, I know there's hormones. I know they're there. But yes. most guys, yes, most guys, and I'm sure because I remember being in this bucket. Most guys were like, "Oh, I'm not the problem." But I like if for people that don't like the, for example, super simple, the testosterone thing. Like as that becomes a problem later on in life. It's also a problem early on, I'm assuming. Right, right. It and, can be. Well, it can be. Our lifestyles and our environment, you know, just it, it is what it is, right? We make our compromises. And so there's a lot of things that we can do lifestyle to change a lot of it. And testosterone is a huge answer. I think delivery systems are crazy out there. I have a lot better idea of delivery systems. Nanotechnology <coughs> in 98 and 2002 gave us a great um, entrance and then everyone just kind of said I want it to be easier I want it to be more I don't know glamorous I don't know what what mm -hmm. the change was but the problem with testosterone being the main thing that we talk about with men is that we forget everything else or that like <laughs> men also have estrogen and as men well. have estrogen right. progesterone I've seen not very many but I've had men with progesterone deficiencies I've had men and, and progesterone deficiencies can cause your testosterone to transfer to the negative trans uh, negative uh, metabolite more quickly and so you get less of the positive effect and more of the negative effect of testosterone if you don't have a proper balance of progesterone that's interesting and that was actually one of the things that she had to work with me with <coughs> I had no testosterone and yeah. I did as a woman I, yeah. and you know you have to have some like we don't want right. to grow facial hair but we have to have something and that's one thing Jenna was able to help me with was um, I tried another therapy, which was great. It was pellets, but there's like this big rev up and then you kind of drop. Um, and what the compound that I got with Jenna, they were both individualized, but the daily dosage kind of helped. But getting that right balance um, is just as important for a man as it is for a woman. Yeah. And like we forget that we think testosterone men and estrogen women, and we forget that there has to be the exact ratio balance. And when she was talking to me about that, like it made perfect sense. Okay, well, I got this testosterone, but everything else was still all screwed up and out of balance. So none of it worked the way it needed right, to. Right, right. And it's, I mean, it's tricky, but it's, it it's makes like sense. baking a cake. Yes. Mm -hmm. You gotta like have everything has to be right. Yes. Well, and the thing that's different about that release is that that circadian rhythm, your hormones release daily with your circadian rhythm, which is why the better your circadian rhythm is, the better your health is because your hormones are better. And if you look in that research, <coughs> it's really, really telling. Yeah. But that's what I don't understand about, you know, the you know, the delayed or sustained release type of thought is that's not the way that your body works. Your body releases a very, very small amount on a daily basis. And with our delivery system, we're able to do that. Um, and I've seen such good success. Like I said, I've been doing this since I've been around and in this since I was 18, 19. Yeah. And so there are some things that you just kind of figure out from, from watching and paying attention. And then when the science matches up, but yeah. for men, I think, I think vitamin and nutrient deficiencies are really severely, um, underdiagnosed in men because when you I'm go sure. to a traditional like men get so bulked up on things that are so like this is a man thing you need this man thing and what's funny is they'll be so over supplemented in some areas and the cofactors which are super important they're the gears that turn 
are so under supplemented. And when we're able to balance it, it's a symphony, right? If the tuba's playing too loud, it sounds shitty, you know? So we have to balance everything. And when we do that, we see great success. And what's funny when you say men is I didn't expect to get that many men when I when I opened. And I've really done very well at balancing men's nutrition, meta, meta, metabolism, and hormones. Yeah. And I've I feel very confident in what I'm able to do because I feel like men are overlooked in this realm um, just because they it's always like this preconception about a patient, which I hate. Everyone has this preconception about the patients don't care enough. They're not willing to put forth the work. And for men, it's, you know, they don't want to put any effort forth and all they care about is um, this persona and this look and blah, blah, blah. Men are not that simple. Yeah. Oh, no kidding. So I, the way you were saying that was like, I was thinking, I was like, man, it's way more complex than that. But I can see that coming up because for me, for example, I know there are things that I need to be doing that I just don't. Right. Right. Super aware of that. But it's never been about, like I'm, I'm talking about, like I could lose a few pounds. It, but it's never been about, oh, I've got to look amazing on the beach for example because that's like a really um surface level kind of understanding of it it's like i know i'm not where i should be health-wise right right because it's way more complicated than just like looking good in a bathing suit right and here's the deal is that when you go to do that and to to be better health-wise there's not a lot out there that's really directing you as for you individually how can you do that best? And so to step confidently is really important. So when we kind of lay out and say, hey, look, we've tested your lymphocytes. These are definitely the things that you're having issues with. And these are the ways that they could connect. Could connect. And over this time, this is the way that we hope to see them get better. And this isn't going to make it better just in the next you know, four to six months, but forever. And we can say that very confidently. That feels good because it's just a support system for the body. Yeah. It's just what I always feel like, you know, God created the best system. There is no way we're going to hijack this sucker and make it better. So let's support it. Let's do everything that we know to make it um, easy for that system to run. Just like if you have a partner, right? You, you want to support them. You want to do everything you can. You can't know what they're thinking and take over for it and, you know, hijack the system, but you can do everything that you can to be there for them and support their success. And it's the same way with yourself. It's interesting. I love that. That's <clears throat> so I draw a lot of parallels for, I'm thinking from a, like a mind standpoint, because I think more heavily in that realm than I do in the physical, but I think it's the same thing. Like, we do so many things to ourselves in our own head sometimes. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know, like, and I've, I've talked to, like, the way that I've seen, uh, not from a physical standpoint, but, like, the way that I've seen, like, some mild cases of depression have developed are because of what people are telling themselves. Out of this, like, weird percept, like, what they think is coming at them. Like, right. And this is, this is, it's... It's like the social media thing because we talk about this a lot. Um, everybody thinks that everybody's listening and everybody cares way more than they actually do. Right. And so we think that like everybody's judging us and not realizing nobody really cares, not to the level that we think. And so then we've got this, we, we're, we're guarding ourselves and we think this person hates me and this person, you know, not even realizing. Creating that, our own issues. Yes. Yeah. And everybody's got their own lives going on. Everybody's thinking the same thing instead of being like just accepting the positives and everything and like negatives happen right like maybe that person does hate me or maybe they don't really care you know right right and yeah just like creating those unself issues and i'm i'm that's the way that i I was drawing those parallels from because i don't care about what anybody thinks ever and it gets me in trouble sometimes but at the same time i think i'm incredibly happy because of that that's exactly true it's actually very interesting i did a talk um what comes first, the happier, the healthy. And one of the very interesting things that I found while I was preparing for this is the air traffic controller study, where they studied air traffic controllers as being one of the you know heaviest in chronic disease and heart attacks because they were trying to figure out the stress response. There's a big argument going on: is you know cortisol and cortisone good for you or bad for you? And you know, yeah. 
the last 30 years, we're still trying to figure out exactly how to, I mean, I still see dose packs all the time and I understand they're used in acute care and we still see the damage that we see with, you know, too much cortisol and a low yeah. level every day. Well, what happened with that study when they were looking at this, you know, happiness index is they found out that the people who had the most chronic diseases, diabetes, heart disease, you know, just really debilitating um, autoimmune, everything. Um, and they followed them for 30 years, even after they weren't air traffic controllers. Mm -hmm. The people that were most highly connected with those diseases had a them versus me attitude. Yeah, I'm sure. And the people who are less connected there had a we are all working together more appreciated because it was just more pronounced in their job field where if they felt under stress in that stressful situation, if they felt like no one cared about them, that it was a little bit more pronounced. But as they followed them, it was, you know, no matter where you are, if you have a them versus me attitude, you are less healthy. Now, quantum physics is making us understand more and more about how that works. I mean, but it's as simple to me as look at your fight or flight or relaxation mode, your sympathetic activation versus your parasympathetic activation and calming and practicing, you know, using your vagal nerve and calming down makes you a healthier person. And so, you know, this easy. is one of the reasons why I think like the meditation thing is going to get big. It because should already it's, be it's, big. It's <laughs> like it's real big West Coast right now. Well, I mean, like real big. It's not mainstream right. yet, but there's like a lot of places out there. There's one here, I know one place here that does kind of yoga meditation stuff, but it's real big in West Coast. I think it's going to, it could be like a, kind of a new, like you remember whenever like the whole, the um, dieting and the, like now there's all these supplements that are going on, like mm -hmm. it's kind of been this fad. I think that could be the next thing that happens that way. I would love it. And wouldn't it be well, really we're interesting? Doing, we're doing at our uh, place. Tuesdays and Thursdays in the morning, we have a gentle healing yoga, and it ver it is very meditative. The problem is when you say meditative, a lot of people get very scared. Mm -hmm. um, they're they're frightened of their own mind space because they don't really want to challenge their beliefs, and that's very honest. Um, and me being a very grounded Christian, since I was you know, <coughs> since I was six, you know, definitely mm -hmm. a disciple since that point, right? It's difficult to even explain to someone that you need to challenge those beliefs and open your mind to other thought processes and religions because we really are all the same. We really are all of one. And if we can get to be still and calm ourselves and heal ourselves, we can heal the nations, which is, you know, a kind of a big thought, but that's the start. You yep. have to, you have to start with you. And I, I believe that meditation would be <clears throat> Well, there's huge. a study, um, and, and if you ask me all the details, I'm not going to remember. Don't but... look at me like I'm the one. <laughs> well, Maybe. If you would Maybe. study it, you probably would. But there is a, there is a school that implemented meditation in their, with their students. Yes. And they saw, instead of just using disciplinary measures, and they saw a huge increase in positive behaviors and um, a decrease in the acting yeah, out and things in the classroom. Of course, because our brains are complicated. Right, right. They're incredibly complicated. Like, I don't think people understand. We, me and my brother are like huge nerds, huge science buffs. We love this stuff so much. I don't think people really understand how little we know about how our brains work. Like, it is Teeny, tiny. astounding how little we know. It, well, it's it reminds scary. me of breast milk. I'll be honest. That okay. reminds me of breast milk. Explain yourself. Because people, it's the same thing. People think they understand this little tiny bit about the mind, so they think that they understand all this stuff, right? Oh, yeah. But it's really complex. Well, yeah. it's the same thing with breast milk, because I, I taught breastfeeding classes for a long time, and I'm a big advocate, not judging people right. who, who make other choices, but really... There's a formula that has like three components. It's like understanding that we have different parts of the brain. It's like that simple, but there's like hundreds of other things in there right. that cause the body mm -hmm. to work right. And in the brain, there's hundreds of other things that are causing all this stuff to fire and and. Well, here, here, that, that, now that makes me, so, so genetics. Okay, that, that makes me jump to genetics because the way that the brain fires and what it propagates and makes, you know it makes changes in the way that you behave and the way that your body presents, right? So I always like this excuse that, oh, it's just genetic. So your genetics are like 15 to 20% set, and the rest are completely changeable about mm -hmm. the way that they present by you. Now, how does that happen? Well, and the other thing, too, we, we, we've just recently <laughs> learned that, like, our genes, like, we've discovered recently that our genes 
change that, oh, yes. that the proteins are actually moving around yes epigenetics and we yep. utilize that so i say this word and everybody gets really like you do epigenetics oh, it's really not that big of a deal it's really looking at the genetic patterns and saying what can i do you know broccoli's good for you why oh we know exactly why now because it changes the way that you transfer at this specific um you know site p450 and then because of that it changes your genetic expression therefore after a specific specific period of time and my question then is what are all these artificial things what are all the extra things what are all mm -hmm. you know and we know that they're not doing good but like you say we don't know what bad they're doing right. we can't understand all that our brain is doing everything works on negative feedback loops so every input we get has an output that has a response so honestly it's almost like a i i feel a lot of relief to say i want to just learn how to support the system yeah Right? Isn't that? Yeah, and this seems so much easier. Than me. <laughs> yes. Like, well, I know just... I'm not going to hurt anybody yes. like that. Yeah. I mean, really. <laughs> no kidding. When you said that, I was just like, oh my goodness. No kidding. Yeah. Like, I can't imagine. The... Sometimes so... I have to put all the books down because I'm just like, I have to leave the room. It just yeah. gets to it, be so much. Especially if you're doing it every day. Like, I, right. I can, and that's different for you because you're actually dealing with people. When I talk about it, it's just like theoretical. Like, oh, that's cool. Well, there's there's a responsibility and the reward in it because oh, then I'm I sure. get to hear, you know, when one person has, you know, they have so much to give, you know, when they're talking to you about their struggles, things they're going through. And so then from you, I'm researching on something and I learn something that I'm like, oh, four other people. Click, yes. click, 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 click. This would be helpful. This would be helpful. This would be helpful. We're going to ask them about that. See if that would apply. Okay. Keep going. You know, two sentences down. Oh my gosh, look at this study. Hey, print that out. Let's put it on our resource. I mean, yep. it's it's exciting every single day. Yeah, I say I look like Seinfeld coming for um, lab reports because <laughs> I just, I can't even hardly get in the door fast enough. But it's exciting. Yeah. I mean, there's oh, never, sure. I'm never going to have, a, an, you know, run out of material. Yeah. Let me ask you about, how do you feel about this um, CRISPR? A CRISPR. Do you know what that? You know what I'm talking no, about? No, tell me about a CRISPR. So CRISPR, oh. um, <laughs> if I'm not mistaken, CRISPR is a new technology that's being developed uh, that is literally going in and rewriting genes. It's it's man-made. Uh huh. So it's a little bit scary. Yeah. Um, but the, Westworld. What? Westworld. What? I'm not sure what that is. Oh, What's Westworld? You should watch Westworld. You'll, uh -oh. you'll dig it. Okay. I'm sure. <laughs> I'm going gonna, gonna to write that down. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's literally about the, the CRISPR is uh, what they're planning on doing. And there's always, it never works out the way you want it to. But the plan is they're, they're wanting the ability to go in and literally change the genetic makeup of broken cells. That, you know, whenever cells die, they... There, there's some something with the genes mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. keeps them from reproducing correctly, a lot like with cancer. But we still haven't. Th this is what I li love about all this. I, I love that there is this intelligence out there. I think that it'll be utilized. But we're still re only recently trying to understand how the RNA replicates appropriately into the DNA, and they're still finding new things about how that process occurs. Yep. And so I think that it's really great that people try to understand this. I think that it's necessary, and I love the change that comes with it. But I think I would have a healthy skepticism, as you seem to have. Of course. You know, on the, on, you know just like Dolly and cloning. It, we think one thing and then we realize, oh, we don't really know jack shit. Excuse me. We don't really know oh, very yeah. much um, about how this actually works. And that's good, though, right? We're, we're, we're seeking. We're looking for the truth. That Dolly was in the 90s, right? Yeah. See and here? And, and like, yeah. Right? Mm, interesting. I don't even, I, it's funny, like, we understand, I don't know the details behind that. I just know that, like, we did it once and decided not to. Again, I mean, I'm sure there was other. Well, I'm sure there's like all kinds of like, oh, we didn't understand anything yeah. really, and this could cause a big issue. Yeah. And I mean, really, for me, the artificial intelligence is huge because I think oh. you know what, right? Yes. That's who who are we really? really you know, if we don't step up our game and use more than ten percent, we're out. You know. <laughs> <coughs> well, you know what? I mean, the, and this is this goes back to really understanding the brain. The way that this is this is developing is. Um, and this is more theoretical because it's down the line, but there's a huge debate going on right now about how we're defining consciousness. And does that mean if we were able to take, because our brain's literally just a bunch of electrical signals. Mm -hmm. 
Is it possible to replicate it? And if so, if we created something that replicated it, would that be human? And that's a really complicated, like, ethical decision that needs to be made because if you have something that is literally an exact replica of the way the brain works, can you really say it's not And here, alive? here's what's really crazy. You're going to hate and love this answer probably. Go for it. It just matters on what we agree on. It's the only reality there that's is. That's it. That's right. And that's that's why there's that's why there's such a debate there is like who Because we're who? just one big person, right? We're one big brain that's talking to ourselves and lots of little mm -hmm. you know, back and forth, which is why we need to be kind to everyone, right? But whatever decision we make, we make as a whole. And that's a really confusing thing to say and to understand when you have so much personal control over the You're body about society. and ego. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah. yeah, it's it's total. It's as a total. We have to decide together. I mean, in that's what makes you know healthcare such a weird situation because I want everyone to be at their best, at their top of their game because you're my teammates. We're all in a team together. Whether I chose you for my team or not is not the yep. point. We're all here together. We don't get to pick and choose that. Oh yeah, no. Yeah. So we really all need to start thinking about how to really create our collective consciousness about our decisions that we're making for um, the quality of life that we have to pass on, like you said, our genetics can change. How amazing is that? What are we doing changing them for the negative when we know we could be changing them for the positive? And I think that artificial intelligence and replication and all that might have a really good place in taking over some of the jobs that are very risky and toxic for humans. Mm -hmm. And so maybe, and then we'll get into, oh, but is it fair for them? Let's get them some iron lungs or something, man. Let's, you know, yeah. let's let's figure this out so that everyone can benefit. <coughs> I really do believe there's an answer that everyone can benefit. And I don't know, you know, I'm I'm not clairvoyant. I don't know where that is, but this can't get the emergency heaters. Oh yeah. How do we get into artificial intelligence? Was it me? It was me. No. I don't think so. I think it was Paul. It was Paul. It was Paul. Okay. <laughs> I didn't know it was going to go there. <coughs> I told him what Jenna could go anywhere. Hey, it was but, him. It was him. I have to get over to Jay. Oh, okay. Good. I think I see you like tomorrow or something. Oh, good. I, my, I, don't know, I see you soon. I've got your chart up, so I know it's sometimes the floor. Yeah. I'll let you guys finish up. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Look how long we've been talking. I told her. What time do you need to head out? I need to leave at 930. Okay. So, what were we talking about? Artificial AI. intelligence. AI. Collective yes. consciousness. Collective consciousness. Yes. See? How did you know how that, how like our own, yeah. our own like desires for control just impede that so much? Like, we just don't want yeah. to. That's what scares people about it. Is uh -huh. that what, at one point you lose control of it. You know, we make movies about it. Terminator. We'll, well see you later. Well, of course it's terrifying because we don't control ourselves very well. And I think that <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, no kidding. I mean, what I do every day is I, I talk to people who are completely competent of controlling themselves. And even me. So I follow my stuff probably like 70%. I'm doing great. 70%. That's not great. Yeah. I know better. You know, so if we can't control ourselves, then yeah, we're kind of worried about I always tell people too, oh, that's interesting. That if you find something wrong with someone else or something else, to look interiorly and see what about you that reflects oh, yeah. so maybe that's our fear of control probably it's because it's easy to like it's easy for me it's funny i mean it's like every, for everybody it's real easy to look at somebody else and say this is all the things they need to do but then like not looking at your own circle like oh all the things uh, like i was just telling you earlier exactly. like i know what i need to be doing i should be going to the gym every day or at least Doing Once. doing doing an activity. What is it? Um, leaning towards an active lifestyle. Doing yeah. something that you like. And but I mean, the people don't do very many things that they like because there's this weird. Um, oh, we're about to get. This is about to get real interesting. There's this weird satisfaction in torturing yourself for some reason. People mm -hmm. really like to be like, "Well, I did it. I made it." I, I'm like, no one wanted you to have a shitty day. Like, that's not what anyone expected. We want. Oh wow! Yeah. You know what I mean? Yep. In that, hmm, now I'm thinking, because now I'm thinking about the way, again, moving over to the social media thing. Yeah. How, because I tell this to, to people all the time, like, anytime someone posts something, whether that person believes it or not, they did it for a reason. Because it's an active, it's right. not like you're, I mean, it's the same thing as 
making a flyer about what your day was like. Like there's there's right. a, an intention there. And so I, you know, because I, obviously you can't diagnose people through their social media posts. Although, you know. Sometimes a, they give you enough information. Yeah. And so like I, for the a real easy example to understand is when I talk to people about um, when you see people posting nothing but how crappy and negative their day was, it's because they want someone to tell them it's going to be okay. Exactly. And it's so it's so frustrating for me to watch that because and you can look at positives and negatives for the whole thing, but the way that I see this is we are – the way communication's developed, we're able to exp- – no one will come out and say it like – I really need someone right now, but that's what they're saying when they do that. You know, well, like, not right. like, oh, right. my day was crap, because that's a totally different dynamic. But I mean, right. like, someone who's, who's like, and, and then the, and you know then the I mean? question becomes appropriate responses or what? Do you know what I mean? Because a lot of it plays in and just continues. And, you know, it's it just becomes yeah. very, very. And then I think, you know what, the funny <sighs> thing is, I also think that sometimes whenever they, Whenever something in that specific circumstance, whenever something posts, someone posts something like that, where they like need someone to tell them it's okay, and then someone does it, they're going to keep doing it. And they're not really getting what they need. They're not really getting any kind of human. Well, you know, okay, so kind of side note, but to connect in, the Blue Zone studies are showing, you know, I I study a lot about longevity and anti-aging and, you know, how to have a long quality of life so you're still active at the end of your life, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the biggest things was human contact and to have th- more than three, three or more, really good relationships where you have respect amongst you and you knew that among, amongst the people and you knew they would be there for you, right? And then to have a community where you had contact, like mm-hmm. eye to eye, face to face contact with a lot of people. And so the question becomes, can we do this with social media? And right now it's not there. So you have to figure a way to bridge the gap until yep. we can get there and you know we might get there i'm not saying what's happened in my lifetime i'm not going to say anything couldn't happen right but right now you need to form really really good relationships and what i like social media for you you can say hey this is happening let's all get together let's do this and i think that if we utilize it more that way it'd be helpful but i see what you see is a lot of perpetual depression um and not a lot of solutions and and the only way to get them out of that is to get them out of the social media kind of yeah. cycle. But then what, exactly what do you do? Do you not say anything? Do you? It's it's very, very, well, and, and the other thing people like, we, we can sit here and talk about this, but we also need, I think we need to remember that none of this existed 20 years ago. We have no idea what it's doing. Right. Not really. We're just right. experiencing it right now. And then, you know, a hundred years from now, when they go back and do studies about how it happened and how society developed that way, then we'll probably maybe understand it a little better. But right now, we're just experiencing this whole thing. We have no idea what's the actual results going to be of this. And then the other thing is, only 20 years ago, none of this existed. What are the next 10, 20 years going to look like? Because it's going to get way more complicated for kids these days who know nothing else. They did not grow up in an age where you had to go down the street to talk to somebody. It's instant connectivity across the and globe. It could... There's we have no idea what it's going to do. None, no clue. Have you? Do you know the show? Are you on YouTube? Do you use YouTube at all? No. A little bit. Okay, so you need to check the show out. It's on YouTube Red, so you got to pay a monthly. I think you can get it for. There's like a free. Wait, trial. hold on. This is turning into a whole thing. Okay, wait. So what is it? Let me it's on YouTube on. Red. Okay. Um, you can get a free trial, but it's like YouTube's um, their own programming that they pay for. Okay. Um, there's a show. It's called Mindfield. Mindfield. Yes, I think you would love this show. I have a lot of shows, and yes. I'm going to add this one in here, though. <clears throat> the show's called Mindfield, and it's um, it's from a um, kind of an old old school uh, YouTuber who was kind of got big on YouTube before he went over to the YouTube Red. But the whole thing is nothing but psychological experiments, and he, it's like he does them on real people. Very interesting. And we were talking about earlier about the connections thing. Mm-hmm. One of the episodes he does. He isolates. It's an isolation test, and he locks himself with. He's got people watching him and doctors monitoring everything. But he locks himself in this room, in 
all white. He's wearing white. The lights are always on. He's got enough food and water, and there's a restroom there. But he locks himself in the room for three days straight, no sense of time. And it was a test to see what, what do our brains do when we're isolated from human connection. Mm. And it was, at first, kind of interesting, kind of funny. The last 24 hours in that box were kind of terrifying when you watch the episode. Right. Because he was like mentally breaking down and you could see it. Um, he, Him being a YouTube star, I think helped him a little bit because he had a camera. Right. In, in, the, in the room. So he was able to talk to the camera and so kind of So he wasn't feel. alone. Right. He right. didn't at first. But then that, now I'm thinking like him, he felt like he was talking to the camera and he was talking to people. But at some point that didn't matter anymore and he kind of just reverted and towards the end of that that whole system he's like he's just kind of sitting on the bed and doing nothing well that's that's what can i tell you that's what scares me about talking that way because just in general and i'm not talking about being isolated in a room or anything like that but to be isolated from the response of what you're giving yeah that's an extreme example but yeah you know what i mean like just right now so like if i make a facebook video and it's weird for me because I consult, right? So I talk to people and I need their responses and, and it feeds more discussion. Yeah. And when I make a video, I need to say a point and get get past it. And they put that out into the world and I don't know who receives mm-hmm. it. And I don't get any response back. I mean, like, whatever, you know, comments. I love that. That's fun. Yeah. But, but the point is that there's no human response after my human giving. And that's kind of a weird place to be. And I know that's not always the isolation part, but I mean. But no, yeah, I agree Do you know what I mean? You. Like, I know it, exactly what you're it saying. It almost steals a little bit. Yep. I, that's actually why I like doing this. I like right? bringing people in. Um, there's still that dynamic, like when it goes out in the world, like, you know. Um, but this conversation happened. It was legitimate. We were yeah. talking. It doesn't matter if we were the only ones to ever say it. It's just being recorded. Yeah, it's just being recorded. And then there's that whole, you know, like, that's really crazy. Like, someone could listen to this 100 years from now. That's awesome. Your grandchildren will be able to listen to this. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, it's, right. It's really Everything will be recorded. That. Yeah, I was, I was telling someone the other day, like, it's really funny because, like, our great, 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 great grandparents said stuff they want no one to know about. And no one ever will. We don't, <laughs> we don't live in that world now. Right? Like, our, I mean, the way that social media, Facebook and Twitter and all that, like, our thoughts are being recorded. Well, even just like, oh, my gosh, I can't believe that <coughs> picture. Get that picture down. And it was gone. Mm-hmm. Like, let, let me tear it up. That doesn't happen. Yeah. Little. And the thing is, like, oh, like, I delete bad pictures. They're not no, gone. No, they're not gone. <laughs> that thing is gone. I'm sorry. They are well, not gone. Well, it's funny because my life motto has been, if you did it, admit it. And it's good I lived yeah. in this time, I guess. Because, no, yeah. really. I, you know what's funny, too? And this is more of a positive note for the way social media thing, the social media thing is. Um, I actually am more on the boat that social media is not necessarily changing us as much as we think it is. I think it's more exposing us because you, like I was saying, like the people you try and disguise stuff, but if you post something that you're having a bad day, I know what you're doing. Right. Right. Like it's not difficult for me to understand that you want someone to talk to. And we're learning more about each other. Yeah. And a lot more. <laughs> No kidding. Well, and, and, and it's like when someone when someone uses a social media tool to just push their thoughts out, for example, it, all of a sudden those thoughts aren't private anymore. And now we really know what's going on in your head. And there's a debate, you, just, you know, just straight out, like this whole thing that's going on with politics right now, like... Mm-hmm. Everything, whether you agree with Donald Trump or not, are those tweets that he's sending out a real, um, like, insight into the way his brain works? Or is it PR? And it's there's a complication there because you're not real sure what's going on. I honestly think that – I think most people are, are putting stuff up that it's very hard to mask your intentions. I agree. I agree. And I – 
you know, there there's always manipulative statements, and that's going to be something that, like you said, we can almost tell now. There's going to be this intelligence about being on social media that lets you know what you're going to trace as truth or fact. And, yeah. you know, a lot of people are just letting those, <coughs> the algorithms reinforce their beliefs, and that's okay if you're intelligent mm-hmm. about it. You have different thoughts, and you say, I kind of know what they're trying to do that here. That scares me. Oh, it's terrifying. The algorithm stuff, I mean... But it's see, marketing, really useful for what we do. Well, right? we figured marketing out. That's yeah. the problem is that this generation figured marketing. We all took marketing classes. We watched marketing. So you can't sell us anything anymore. Mm-hmm. We want to have to really believe it. And the thing is, is that companies are figuring out they want to buy from real people that are really, okay, so like me, I'm a great example. You re- get to know me. You know that I'm here for what I'm doing. You, you you get to know you. You know you're here yep. for what you're doing. That's what people want to buy. But you're right. Companies are figuring it out as well. And they're creating these images to fool you into the next level of marketing, which yep. is really interesting, which is, I mean, to be mindful of everything is very exhausting, but necessary if you're trying to excel. Yeah. I'm, I'm just so, I'm on that note, I'm actually, I'm terrified that people are, it, it, there's things like, I really enjoy the authenticity of stuff like this. I think it's super super useful because for me, I tell people like, I hope my goal in everything I do is that if, if we're having a meeting or if we're having a beer together, I'm the same person. Mm, Congruency of self. I really, really hope that like, I really want the goal. Yeah. I mean, that is the goal. And the sad part is that's not true for most people. I, I don't think. Well, and that's why they have a lot of Ah, lack of quality in their life and and they're doing it to themselves because they're trying to prove a quality on the exterior, you know, kind of like a varnish, right? And that varnish is real shiny, but it was expensive and the inside's rotting out, you know? It's a really interesting analogy. Yeah. Good. I just made it up. I'm sometimes sometimes good at those things. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I listen to a lot of rap music. Maybe that's why. (laughs) Uh, But I mean, I have a raw piece of wood in my office and that's you know, that's what I want to be is whatever it mm-hmm. is. That's what it is. And, you know, if you did it, admit it and be who you are. There's beauty in your story. There's beauty in your scars. We all talk about these things, but we're so uncomfortable doing that. And to realize that when you are really comfortable is when you just say, hey, look, yeah, this this is it. So <laughs> there's a there's a I'm going to steal a line from from a, a YouTube guy that I watch. Um, but it, it makes total sense in this context of this conversation. You said rap, and then my brain was going crazy. One of the things that I think is, have you ever seen the movie Eight Mile? Yes. So at the end of Eight Mile, when they're doing the rap battle, the very last thing, the last thing Eminem does, his last little is him rapping about himself, about him laying all the crap, you know, like yeah. trailer park and like, I am all this, whatever, and then like handing the mic over, then suddenly the opponent has nothing to, to say. say. Exactly. Right. It's so interesting. And it's, it's, there's a psychological analysis that like when everybody knows your problems and everybody airs it out and you're, you're willing to air it out that way um, because you're being real and authentic, then all of a sudden like the external pressure kind of goes away because then like what else, what, what else is there? Well, when internal examination discovers nothing wrong, what is there to be anxious about? What is there to hide? Yep. It's so much, it's, that's so interesting. And then like, that's why corporations are in huge, I think that corporate America right now is under a lot of pressure because, um, and I say this a lot, I think everybody's really, really aware now that they're full of crap. I've been going to Washington DC since the beginning of pharmacy school. And I was not an overly political person until I understood some of the middlemen involved in healthcare. And I am just oh, now, boy, I'm sure. oh my gosh, and it's disgusting, it is, you know, because the people are so far removed and they're not seeing the issue and they're not bad people and it's not a bad, you know, none of this was done with malintent, it just got out of control. There's a few, a few <laughs> instances that people are pushing their agendas and it just gets pushed too far when people aren't paying attention because they're still reaping benefits on so many sides, you yeah. know, if I'm winning, I'm not looking. And... um 
it ends up, you know, we were all losing in a lot of big ways. And I went specifically a lot with the National Community Pharmacists Association to talk about patients' advocacy for their rights to choose um, and pharmacy benefits manager, pharmacy benefit managers as being kind of this middleman that's mm-hmm. drug pushers, right? We, we kind of went all the way off on, on that side because no one even knew what they were and they're controlling the decisions being made on the formulary for your health care and no one knew what these entities even did or, or were. And so, you know, we spoke about it a lot and it's still evolving. We're still having issues that are evolving with it. But the point is, is that if you believe that something should change, there's a little bit that you can do. And it might be a lot for you. It might, you know, it took a lot for me to be able to do that and to, to put myself in those situations to talk to lawmakers. But it's finally opening people's eyes. And so it's each person, and I would love to just, you know, I'm a patient advocate. I say, you are in control of your healthcare. You pick your dream team because it's your life. And, you know, this is our country. This is our state. This is our city. This is our home. This is your body. This is, we, but it's all of ours together. And those little things to open people's eyes, we want to know. Everyone wants to know the truth. We don't want to be kept in the dark and have propaganda thrown at us. Mm -hmm. And the only way to make sure that happens is for people who are legitimate and true and real to keep talking and doing things. That's why we love scandal and and all this, whenever everything comes out, it's like, oh, that's what was really happening. Like, we we do enjoy that. But wouldn't it be nice if we didn't have to, like, not know for so long? No kidding. So in, in kind of the last point before you head out, like, you were talking about, like, the healthcare system. I was thinking of something very similar. Like early on, there were really good intentions there. Yes. Right? Nothing like that starts without someone who wants something changed and is really in good intentions. It's just, like you said, got it a hand. The the parallel that is, and I don't know how deep you are in this world, but the parallel that I'm pulling from is um, famous people on Instagram, for example. Mm-hmm. Early on, those people got famous just because they really enjoyed whatever they were doing. Now that market is flooded with people who were fake, who were renting these, like, they're renting cars and they're renting watches and they're taking pictures with it, pretending like there's something different just to pull in more money. And it's kind of flooded the market with people who I think are also lying to other people about, oh, like, if you want to make, you've, everybody's seen this. You can make a six-figure salary sitting at home. Right. Bullshit. Right. There, it's, you know it's full, you're full of crap. Most people do. Some people fall for it, and it's sad. What's the back of the magazine? Yeah. It's the new back of the magazine. <coughs> yep. It really is. And, and the thing that stinks about it is a few bad apples, right? It but the best thing the about thing it is up. the yeah. people who started it are the only people who can then adapt. And visionary leadership and, you know, a visionary person, any type thing that you're doing is figuring out how to adapt to the change. And so the change will largely be haters and copiers. Yep. And and I deal with a lot of, you know, oh, yeah, I can do that. We do the same thing. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. And, and it is difficult, but it pushes you to be better. I mean, honestly, or else they could keep doing what they're doing and stay at the yeah. same level. So the only the only plus side to that, like what I, my story is, like that could go away. There's no like really, really everybody leaves <laughs> and true. then like the only people left over are the ones that were really there for a reason. Like the healthcare system is not. It's not going anywhere. Not going anywhere. It's and that's, not going anywhere. That's going to take real. Well, who who sponsored my white coat ceremony when I graduated pharmacy school? CVS Caremark sponsored my white coat mm-hmm. ceremony, um, and. I don't have any problem with pharmacies and I don't have any problem with, you know, having a mass production system for some of the things that we need for acute care. But I do have a problem with lying and saying that acute care is chronic care. I do have a problem with the off-label marketing to make sure that we hit the numbers. I do have a problem with our government instituting things that we say are quality measures that are actually assurances that we'll make sure that we have all of these drugs taken on schedule. You know, and the thing is, is that the reason we're doing these things are all for good things. These studies have been presented. We've been shown it's this. We've been shown it's that. And the lawmakers aren't at the ground level with us, you know, yeah. with the healthcare practitioners, understanding that these 
therapies are not working over time. And then the healthcare practitioners are all getting paid through this system, that we've all been taught through this system, protocols been developed through the system. And so it's very difficult to back down and say, I want to use some real clinical knowledge and reasoning to put together a specific plan. I need to take a lot more time than that, and I'm going to get paid less than I'm used to, and I'm not really sure how this is going to affect the way that the government sees me as a healthcare provider. That makes it a very dicey place for people to be when they're trying to take care of other people. Yeah. And you're right, it's not going away and there's not a great answer, but there is progress and there is speaking about it. And there are more and more practitioners saying, hey, you know, this 35 to 40% success rate of this, you know, manufactured and traditional type route is not making me feel fulfilled as a practitioner. Is that a real number you just threw out? Yeah. That's... Well, you know, American health, oh American healthcare, um, you here is the third leading cause of death in the United States. <laughs> I was unaware of that. That's interesting. Unnecessary procedures. Well, and here's the thing is like, how do you tell which are which? You have to lean on individual discernment. And how do you lean on individual discernment? We all took an oath that we're going to do no harm. Well, that should be where it lies. But instead, it lies on insurance protocols and check marks and make sure they get a mammogram every time before you let them have a sonogram, even though it increases the breast cancer risk 1% every single time they do it. Make sure those people who are at highest risk do that every year before you'll allow them anything else because the insurance protocol won't. And it's everybody's plan is different. And and what dictates these insurance plans? The thing is, is that insurance is a great thing. I understand why we have it. it. It started as a really good thing. But we've gotten to a point where we're blindly trusting these formularies that are, you know, done by these studies, which we've said the medical statistics right now have been so manipulated on so many levels. I mean, even the new regulations from the presidential uh, memo that the CDC can't use words like science-based and evidence-based. Yeah, I, I mean, it's just making it really <coughs> convoluted and confusing. Words are what they are. We've agreed on definitions. It makes it, you know, more straightforward. We're having a lot of science versus opinion and what should be paid for and not paid for. And so if we could allow some way the patient to make more of that decision and have some sort of a commoditized interest there as an insurance company like it used to be, well, now we've got this, we have to make a spread off of these patients somewhere to pay for this system yeah. we're continuing to build. I mean, with we've got Amazon uh, with Whole Foods and UPS filed for a pharmaceutical manufacturing license in Georgia. We're watching all of these things. The globe is changing. That's okay. But patients need to be aware. People need to have their eyes open because the government is, as much as you think it's going to take care of you, it's going to take care of you the way it takes care of the least of these. And that's the way the system has. Yeah. You know, And that's okay. We know that. We want that system there to take care of the least of these. But then you decide, am I going to trust to be taken care of that way? I'll be taken care of with the least of these. Yeah. And and it'll be an effort to have health care that you want, that you trust. But that's the point, is that you have control. In this great country where we have all of these you know, issues one way or another, and we get to have our opinions and sit here and talk about it. We also have the freedom to choose what we want. Now, if you're trying to make that freedom under a governmental system and say, I want to have the freedom to make all these choices underneath this system and they're going to help me, that doesn't work. There's no, there's no prerogative there for them to help you do what you want to as a free person. Right. So you have to make that decision. And that's where, you know, I've kind of joked about it and said, you know, this is the next um, evolution of people who are going to, you know, blindlessly follow, blindlessly, mindlessly, <laughs> blind and mindlessly follow. Word, I'm going to use that, right? Yeah. Um, mindlessly follow and, and do what the chart says and go down the boxes. And I yeah. mean that across the board, healthcare and otherwise. And then there's going to be, you know, it's almost like the divergent series. My husband was laughing, you know, why, why are all these such a big deal where it's the one individual and they said because that's what we know needs to happen but we all need to do it and that's a weird thing to, mm -hmm. to all be the one individual that that could turn into this whole other conversation I'm sorry. no that's fine no i love this so much the the last you know you're saying all this like it's so funny to me like it's important to understand that every system every procedure every piece of paper with the check boxes like you're saying was built by people no smarter than you and i Exactly. And it's just people. It's just the systems were typed up and written down and printed out. Like, it's it's not this. They had a deadline. Yes. <laughs> it's just like any other, like, and it's so funny, like, you can't, and I, I agree with you 100%. Like, there has to be, and then this moves, again, totally different conversation where 
there's there's I think there's a lack of real education happening, mm-hmm. um, and that puts us in a lot of holes. Um, you, you know the way the education system again whole totally well it's crazy. Well, I started natural, and then I had to go to pharmacy school. Right. Yeah. And I thought pharmacy school was going to be individualized and compounding. That's how pharmacy started. Right. We individualized medicine. It was so great for me to go through those four years and that doctoral year where we did, you know, diagnostics and and protocol because it made me learn things that are true, that are scientific, that are lineated, that I would not have wanted to accept and go through. And I've been able to apply those things in the regenerative ther- theory afterwards. Mm-hmm. And I think, you know, people are so seeking of what they already believe and, you know, reassuring that we're, you know, heavy loading one side of our brain. Confirmation bias. And, right. Yep. I agree. Well, in the education <coughs> system, let's, I, I can't. I, they want to extend longer. Kids need to grow up sooner, is what I think. Oh, so yeah. they need to be learning how to live, how to take care of themselves, how to take care of other people. And, and we definitely do some different things with our kids. So. I agree. Well, we've had you here for an hour. No, wow. <laughs> Golly. So, um,. Thank you. I just like talking to you. Isn't it Let's fun? Let's just hang out. Right? Yes. Yeah, no, this is super, super fun. Brunch or whatnot. I like brunch. Mm-hmm. Have you been to... Dude, I've done Egg and I. Mm. I love Egg and I. That's, I used to <coughs> eat that when I was in San Antonio. And Cork and, and Pig. And Panera. I have not been to Cork and Pig Cork and Pig breakfast? has a really good brand, brunch. Yeah. Oh, okay. And they do mimosas. Those are nice. Oh, mimosas are really nice. <laughs> well, sweet. Um, thank you for coming out. Um, we'll... Um, I'll... I'll uh, this could definitely turn into a part two or three, I think, pretty quickly because there's a lot there's of a lot stuff, to right? Talk about. So, yeah. Um, well, sweet. Um, t- last thing, tell us your name real quick. Facebook, Instagram, do you have all that stuff? What do you got going on? Um, so Facebook is Clack Co. Concierge Consulting, and, and it's C L A C K C O. Yes, it's C L A C K. Clickety clack, like the noise. Yes. And then C O dot like company and Concierge Consulting and our Facebook page. Our website is Clack Co. C L A C K C O dot N E T. And my name is Jenna W. Clack. I'm a doctor of pharmacy and regenerative medicine consultant in Midland, Texas. Come check us out. Awesome. Sweet.